everyone, this is your girl Natasha. I'm an event planner, a new published author, and a host. And I would love to welcome you to my show called The Remedy with Natasha. And that's the with an A. The Remedy is where we open up the conversation about health conditions and their effects on the individual, their lifestyles, and their families. Hey everyone, welcome to The Remedy with Natasha, and that's the with an A. Today, I am so excited. I am relaunching my podcast. My show has been a long time, but I have a special guest today. He was on my previous show. He talked about his chronic kidney disease while living on dialysis. Today, he has an update. So please welcome in Fernando. Hey, Fernando. Hey. How are you? Fat. (laughs) Oh, no. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into today's topic. Well, about myself from last time is that I'm 32 years old now. Uh, Finally have my kidney transplant before I was in hemodialysis for seven years. I'm married, working, and trying to lose this weight. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get into it. So today's topic, as Fernando mentioned, he has this kidney transplant. So we'll be talking about kidney transplantation. Kidney transplantation or renal transplant is the organ transplant of the kidney into a patient with end-stage kidney disease. Kidney transplant is typically classified as deceased donor or living donor transplantation, transplantation depending on the source of the donor organ. So, so how do you feel? When, well, first of all, first of all, when did you get your kidney transplant? <laughs> I got it on March 11, 2020, and I was lucky, very lucky, to be some of the few that got it before COVID began to right. begin to hit even more strong. Because I think it was after March 20th of 2020 that. Mm-hmm. They had to postpone a lot of kidney transplants for later on. Yeah, they did. Okay, so how long? So I'm sorry. How did you? How do you feel? Like, how did you feel before your transplant? Let's say that. All right, before my transplant, <clears throat> obviously I felt like crap. Right. <laughs> In hemodialysis, like I said before. Um, yeah, we could be strong. We could put a strong face and, you know, show the world that we're going to keep fighting. But the reality of it, it's it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It really is, you know. It, it drains you in every aspect you can think of. Right. You know, and you really need a supported system. You need family that can cheer you up you need friends that are actually gonna be there 
because mm -hmm. if you do not have that, I hate to say it, but a lot of patients give up. Right. And eventually they pass away. Right. So. And her. Go ahead. So, oh, so compared to how I feel now to back then, I feel great. Do you feel you have a better quality of life? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Like, I'm no longer so exhausted. I mm -hmm. have energy to do stuff. But I will get back at that, though, because COVID did affect me at, at, at a point. Oh, okay. And okay. Yeah, like, it, it's it's good. It does come with a lot of challenges, though. Right. And so what was your process? What did, what what was your process to get onto the kidney transplant list? To be honest, mm -hmm. in my case, I would say that it has to do with the social worker. Okay. In my case, because I remember before, and I forgot her name, which that, that to me is the most terrible theme because she deserves all the credit for this. <laughs> I know, that's that's like the worst part. I need to get her name so I could tell you again. But um, if it wasn't for the last social worker that I had in the dialysis center, none of this would have happened because before her, every other social worker will be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put you on the list. Oh, don't worry about it, I'm working on it. Oh yeah, we're, we're getting the insurance and this process ready. But the years just went by and by and by and nothing was happening. Wow. And mm -hmm. this social worker, only once, okay? She didn't have to repeat it twice, four, five, six times. No. Only right. she saw me and she said, you are too young. You need your transplant now. I am going mm -hmm. to work my hardest to make sure that you get a transplant. She only told me that once. Just right. And I thought, okay, like any other social worker, she's probably going to tell me this again. Nope. I remember that after she told me, out of all the places, out of UCLA, out of, you name it, Vincent, all these hospitals, all these places, she was able to get me inside USC Keck. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is to a lot of people I heard very difficult to get in because it is very private. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you have money, you will be in that place. Okay. Oh, so you got some money then? No. <laughs> but that's I'm what I'm saying. That she, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> she was the miracle. Yeah. 
because literally after she told me she was going to get me into a place and make it certain, boom, a month later, mm-hmm. leave a letter from CAC that they wanted to see me. Right. Yeah, because I remember you telling me that, you know, that the social worker did, you know, put you put you down or whatever she did. And you you got your transplant pretty quick after, you know, you told me about your process and and all of that <laughs> that you had, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. You were you were one of, you are one of the lucky ones to, you know, receive a kidney um transplant very quickly. And you know, you also had the benefit of having a living donor that made it even much better. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So what 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 when they called when they called you in or told you to come in, what what all did you have to do? What process was how was that process? The process at least in USC CAG was really smooth. They're not as overcrowded as other places. Mm-hmm. So when they call you in, they usually bring out about five more other patients. They put you in a room where they explain about transplantation, about mm-hmm. the, the side effects of it, the process, the paperwork and all of that. Yeah, I remember when I went for my uh, my evaluation for my for my uh, to get on the list. Um, what well, what a lot of people don't understand when you like it's not like you go on dialysis and they be like, oh, you're on the list. It's like you have to really go through a very lengthy process to actually hit the list because some people don't even qualify to the list but I'm on the list at um, Cedar sinai and I remember doing the same thing we go in it's the or it was like a full day kind of you could say orientation and it's like they go in they you know explain every detail of how the process goes you meet with surgeons you meet with the financial department, you meet with, um, you meet with, uh, nurses, um, like you meet with like a whole team of people and then they do blood work. They do a stress test. They do all these different tests, um, you know, so that you can, to see if you make it onto the list. So did that process sound about the same like as far as it taking like almost a whole day to complete this yes <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty intense it's pretty intense and they do tell you you know you have options to have a living donor or a deceased donor and um the deceased donor, you're usually waiting up to eight to ten years um, to even be considered to be a match for somebody or to get the call that they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then with the living donor, you can get a, a, a you can get a kidney, you know, within the next what three months or so, just depending on how long the process is, because they have to test, you know, your living donors. So your you said your mom was your living donor, correct? Yeah. Okay, so a lot of people, a lot of people. They, you know, they don't, they have a, I don't know how to say it. Like their feeling is like, oh, I don't want to give my kidney up. What if I lose my kidney? Then what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and a lot of people don't sometimes don't understand, like you can live with one good, one good kidney. Right. But what made your mom, you know, decide? Like, I want to give my son a kidney. Not a lot of people can say that. Well, according to her, and based on how I seen my mother this whole time that I actually, well, been alive with her, mm-hmm. when it comes to her family, she goes far and beyond. Oh, okay. So to her... It was a no-brainer. Right. And did she have to did she have to go through a process to figure out if she was a match or um if she was um healthy enough to actually donate to you? Yeah, she did. How long was her process? Her process was about almost two months, like a month and a half. Okay. And did she have to, did she have to, you know, lose any weight? Because, you know, you have to have, you have to be a certain weight or BMI or something like that. Yeah, she had to lose 15 pounds. She lost 20. Mm. Mama was determined. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she was super determined. That's it. And, uh. Yeah, like, I think they tested her the first month. She became my match, and in three weeks, she just started hitting the gym, and she lost the 20 pounds. Okay. Okay, and then once she completed the process, did they give you guys a a, a surgery day? Yes, they had actually had given us March, if I remember correctly, the third. Uh huh. But um, when we went that time, my blood pressure was too low, so we had to postpone it till March eleven. Okay. And then you guys went in March eleven. So tell me the day. Tell me the process of the day you went to get a new life. Well, to me, because they were worried that my blood pressure was going to go low again. Mm-hmm. Because they thought that dialysis probably had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. They had told me to come a day before so I could stay in the hospital and get dialyzed by them so they have more control of how much um, they were taking out and how my blood pressure was going. Mm-hmm. So that's how it went down with me. 
but I'm guessing with other patients, they would just call on the day of, kind of like how it went down on March the 3rd. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I can't wait to feel that process, but um, <laughs> from what I've seen and heard they do, they call you and they say, hey, we got the, we got a, we might, we have a possible match for you. Um, can you come in and you, you say, yes, I can come in. And then they, you know, you go through the testing process, I guess, to make sure it's, if this is, if it's coming from a, you know, deceased donor, um, you go through the process of getting tested and stuff like that. And, you know, people get it the day of, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, but it's not like how, what I heard, it's not like how it shows on the movies where it's like, I got to hurry up and go to the hospital. <laughs> so, Cause you know, it's not, I heard it's not like that, but they do tell you um, to be prepared, you know, to have a bag packed and stuff like that for when you do get that call and, and whatnot. But did you have to have a bag packed? No. Did you have a bag? Oh, okay. See, that's what I'm telling you that um, my case was completely different. Number one, for mm -hmm. being a living donor. Mm -hmm. And number two, because we prepare a week in advance. Oh, okay. You know, because with a living donor, you have more control of the situation. Right. According to the doctors. So because they have more control of when they can do it and you know, and all of that, it becomes a lot more easier. Right. You know, so I I didn't have to prepare a backpack. I could have easily just had my dad or my partner come and bring me the stuff that I need later on. Right. So it's, I would say it does vary compared to a deceased donor to a living donor. Right. Yeah, it does. It's, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like a lot of people, um, like, yeah, we on, I'm, I'm on dialysis. We were on, you were on dialysis as well. But a lot of people don't understand, like, if you're not on the transplant list or if, um, you know, you're not at the top of the list uh, to getting a kidney, you they don't you know our more mortality rate goes up every day and even though you know we might look a certain way on the outside it's like our insides are slowly you know i don't want to say it but slowly going away <laughs> you know so having a transplant is like the best bet of living a longer life um even though sometimes um, getting a new kidney can mean, you know, your body can reject this kidney because it's actually a foreign object. So, um, did you have that? Did you have a, a did, did your body reject your mom's kidney or did it feel like it was going to reject your mom's kidney? What was the process after? What was the, how did you feel when you woke up and what was the process after? <laughs> it's good you're bringing that up because um, with me so far, 
you know, thank God, there hasn't been any rejection. Mm-hmm. What happened with me more, it was, um, it, it took a while to wake up. Okay. Cause see, How long is a while? Because he usually, according to my surgeon and my doctor, um, the kidney usually wakes up within a week or in some cases, if you're very lucky, within a couple of days or a day, mm. you know, to wake up. And what it means waking up is that you're going to start seeing the functionality. Number one, if you haven't pee. Uh, you begin to pee. Right. So you begin to pee, and that's a that's a sign that it's waking up and it's working, it's cleaning you, it's doing what it has to do. So with me, um, I was there for a whole month. Oh, okay. Because you were in a hospital for a whole month. Yeah, which I was, okay. suppo- which you're supposed to only be there the most a week. Right. And I was Uh oh, Fernando, where'd you go? Hello, Fernando. Oh. Oh, oh, I lost you there. I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you either. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So, so like I was saying that, um, yeah, um, mine took a month. Well, it didn't took a month to wake up. It took three weeks to wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was peeing very minimal. Um, nothing was kind of changing. Creatine level was, it was going down, but it wasn't as, as low as it had to be. Um, so I was getting very, mm. but the thing is that they even did a biopsy and there was no sign of rejection. Oh, okay. So according to my surgeon and the doctors, it was just a kidney that was taking its time to to wake up. Mm. And I'm oh. not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. During the process where it wasn't waking up, I got scared because I'm like, okay, this is worse because one thing is for it to reject you, and another thing is for it to not even wake up. Right. Because if it doesn't wake up, that means it's just there and it's not gonna function. Right. So it's like I hate to use the word waste, but it's like a waste of a kidney. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially because it comes from my mom. Right. So the sacrifice she had to make, uh, you know, for doing that. So I was getting really like down. I was getting sad. Don't get me wrong. The first time I woke up after surgery, I was happy. I didn't feel no pain. I, I was good. Like, I just felt heavy because I still had a lot of fluid. Right. But I didn't um, didn't feel no pain at all. Uh, I did get dialyzed, though. I think in total was three times during that whole month I was there. Uh-huh. But they just did it because sometimes, like I said, if it doesn't wake up, they dialyze you. 
in order mm-hmm. to uh, kind of help it out a little. And luckily for me, and it was the funniest thing, um, I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that it's my mom's kidney. Or, I mean, that it's a female kidney or something, but <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I was very constipated because you get very constipated. And oh, okay. I was very constipated. So I went in there thinking, oh, maybe hopefully today I will be able to to use number two, you know? So I'm sitting there, 10 minutes pass by, nothing's happening, but my stomach hurts like hell. And all of a sudden, I began to pee. <laughs> and it just comes out. And I'm like, it felt great. I was like, oh, my God, this feels so good. <laughs> were you able to pee while you were on dialysis before? Before the kidney? Were you able to pee or was it little? No, little- no I wasn't able to pee at all. I would literally have all my fluid inside my body. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, so that felt like whoo. Oh, a relief. <laughs> you have no idea. Like it felt amazing, and and then I noticed. That's what I'm saying. That's why I brought up the whole female theme because I noticed that the only mm-hmm. way I would pee is if I was sitting like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That pressure, maybe the pressure from sitting down. I don't know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so even my doctor and the surgeons, they thought it was, you know, they, they thought it was funny. They right. You know, not not only am I gay now, but I have to pee like a girl too, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I took it as it was funny too. I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. So I got a question though. Are you still peeing like a girl? <laughs> <laughs> or or did your body adjust to No. My body um actually the last 3 days of being in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um I I was feeling like I had to pee. So I actually, you know, I was like, "Well, I was like, "Well, what the hell?" I went in the restroom. I'm still in the hospital, though. I went in the restroom, and I sat down like a girl. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is the way I'm going to pee now. And nothing was coming out. So I was like, oh, man, this is bad. Because not only do I have the feeling of wanting to urinate, but now it's not even working the way it was working. Right. So I stood up. I did it the old way and it came out. Okay. So, well, I'm glad I'm happy. Yeah. So I was yeah. I was even it was like double happiness because now my body was like, okay, I played that joke on you. Let's do it for reals now. Right. <laughs> and then for your mom, how long was her recovery time? Oh, her recovery was quick. It was like um, three days, and then she was discharged. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that long for her. Okay. No, it's not that bad for the living donors. Uh, Yeah, she three days, and she just wanted to stay because she wanted to be close to me. Right. So she was asking them, like, oh, let me stay for, like, three more days. But they're like, no, but you're okay. 
Were you guys in the same room? No, we were not in the same room. We were in different rooms because they have their rooms for recovery for the living donors and then for people with a transplant. Okay. Okay. Got it. That's awesome. So being so having your new kidney, did your um did your appetite change? Did your did you have to change your diet? Is was did you know like did any of that change or affect you? Yes. Even in a transplant, uh, there's still rules and regulations that you still have to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously certain foods that that you couldn't eat when you were in dialysis, you can eat them now, but it's still a struggle. It's like, it's like how my doctor said, from here on forward, you're never going to be 100% recover. Mm-hmm. You are never going to be 100% the old person that you were before you started dialysis. Mm. Now, with dialysis or with a transplant, it's just a means to live longer and stay alive. Right. So you just have to adjust. Yeah. adjust your you, you just have to adjust yourself to both new things. So... I'm no longer restricted on fluids, but they do recommend to just practically, because that's all I drink, is water. Mm. I mean, you can go ahead and do soda if you want. You can do juice and all that, but you are risking yourself of Mm -hmm. gaining more weight than you already gonna gain. (laughs) And eventually you'll be more closer to diabetes. Right. If you don't have it already. <laughs> if, yeah, if you don't have it already. So, yeah, it comes with a lot of challenges. So I haven't touched soda since my transplant. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know you used to sneaking them Pepsis, so. <laughs> no, not the Pepsi. What's the Pepsi? The, 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 the Cokes. Oh, Coke. There you go. It was one of them. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that was very hard for you to do. Or did it come easy? Or was it, no. was it a challenge? No, no. For me, no? Okay. for me, it was the most easiest thing ever because I remember after I was discharged, um, my friend gave me a Coke. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, let's celebrate it. He gave me a Coke. And my body automatically didn't even want to drink it. Mm-hmm. And when I put it in my mouth and I tasted it a little bit, it tastes like crap. It tastes horrible. Right. I can imagine. And it's just the thought that you've been giving this second chance why are you going to risk it? Right. That's so true. So that mentality is already put into you once you're already in there. So it's an automatic where you're just like, no, I am Mm -hmm. not good. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. You know, that you, you know, do you feel that you've adjusted well to 
eating a certain way? Yes, eating. I have adjusted well. Okay. To me right now, my biggest issue I have is the weight gain. Because even though, like I said, I cut off all sodas and and junk food and all of that stuff and I'm eating healthier, you still gain a lot of weight and it's because of prednisone. Okay. So, okay. Before, when you were on um, dialysis, did you take, did, did you have to take a lot of medications or are you taking a lot of medications now? How was your, how was your medicine intake before and after? Well, I would say they're both almost equal with the difference that the medication from dialysis was mostly just to help you with the phosphorus and imbalances of your body Mm -hmm. compared to these medications being a lot important, which practically if you don't take them, you lose your kidney. Right. That's why I'm ahead of time. That's why this, like, that's part of being on the transplant. Once you're on a transplant, you have to maintain certain numbers on your labs and keep, you know, uh, keep everything basically in tune and in check because it shows that because you are going to be on a lot of medications, uh, especially anti-rejection medications, after transplant, they want to make sure that you take pills, that you take your medication, <laughs> yeah. because it's like you don't want to get a new kidney and then you fall off on taking your medications and it's like, bam, you lose your kidney. So, you know, that's part of the process of being on the transplant list. <laughs> So with so with the medications you take now, how many do you take? Okay, I know you're on a whole lot when you first uh, get your transplant. Is that correct? Yes, you first start off with almost like fifteen pills. Fifteen. Okay. Um, and how many are you at now? Seven. Seven. Okay. After. Is it, will it go down or are you going to be taking seven for the rest of your life? How does that work? It depends, again, like you said, on your health diet and how you're progressing with your kidney. Mm-hmm. If you began to mess up, they will eventually change your medication to a higher dose or a lower dose. It really all depends on how you really take care of yourself during this process. Okay. And but How often? Uh-huh. but usually when they lower down your medication, it actually means you're doing good. Okay. And then how um oh I just drew a blank. I had to question it with my mind. <laughs> That's old age, y'all. That's old age. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh my goodness, Fernando! How did I forget the question that quick? Sometimes we forget. (laughs) 
maybe why we gained so much weight. There you go. That's what I was going to head at. Like, why with the, with, with the medication that you take, why does it, like, how many pounds have you gained with this medication? I have gained 50 pounds. What? Wait, what? What? <laughs> yes. Is that why it tell us to lose weight before we get this transplant? <laughs> yes. The reason, oh, the, the very important reason why they tell you, actually, it's a good thing you brought that up, to lose weight because I guess um, in some cases they did tell me, I don't know if they, it's in everybody case but mm-hmm. they do tell me that you're, you're gonna gain weight oh, okay. and depending on your body type and depending on your genetics and mm-hmm. practically who you are as a individual right you, you will gain certain weight like I have a, a friend who had a transplant for now seven years and in seven years, actually, in three years after he came out of the transplant, he gained 100 pounds. Oh, wow. And then he lost 50. And then he gained 20. And then he lost 80. So, so it's just an up and down. It's an up and down okay. until you could actually find what, what works for you. Oh, okay. So that means I need to uh, bring down a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah. So eventually he found something and he's been stable at, I think he told me 260. But but it's still a lot compared to how he went in 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 the transplant because when he went in, he waited. 195. Oh, wow. And then about how much were you? Were you? Yeah. I went in at, yeah, I think I went in at 195 too. And now I'm like, same thing, like 260. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And then also, how often do you go to the, to the doctor? to like get lab work done and stuff of that nature to see how your kidneys are still functioning and stuff like that. Well, when you first get discharged the first year, and usually this is for every patient, the the norm you would say that they would do it is every month. Mm. But in some cases, like in mine, they will check me every three weeks because, again, my kidney was a, a sleeper kidney. So they had to keep an eye on it more closely than uh, other patients. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the norm will usually be every month. Now, after almost reaching two years, I go every three months. Oh, okay. And do you see, you still see a um, nephrologist or? Yes, I actually, I actually still see, um, 
my doctor from the dialysis unit, you know Dr. Gonzalez. Okay. I still I still see him. And I still see my doctors at USC. Okay. That is great. That is awesome. It sounds like you're doing great. You sound like you have way much more life than you did before the transplant, which is a good thing. Is there anything that you want to, any word of advice out there that you want to give? Well, wait, 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 hold up. See, now I know my mind is going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What you, you mentioned before that you are working now. So you done got you a job. No, I meant like working on my body. Oh, I thought you said you had a job. I was about to say so. No, <laughs> where, no. Where we going? Okay, got you. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> they really want you to the first, at least what they told me, the very first three years, the way my doctor explained it to me. That's why I said that it varies on every patient mm-hmm. because with me, um, the very first year, not to mention, happened during COVID. Right. So not only did I have to be careful before COVID, but I had to be extra careful because now we had COVID. Right. So I had to be extremely careful the first year. Right. So that was one. Second, uh, after I gained the weight, they want me to lose it. So I was bigger. I was 300 pounds. Oh, wow. I'm down to 260 now because I took all last year to work on my body. Mm -hmm. And this next year, that's this year, that's this whole year. They want me to still keep working on it and eventually reach my goal of at least weighing 200. Okay. Then they want me to finally go back to, to look for a job, to work and all that. Because number one, they also wanted me to get all the shots, you know, for the COVID. Mm. They, They wanted me to do that because I wasn't even allowed to go to the gym because... I needed my shots and they were worried and all of this. Right. So then they wanted me to get the boosters. So for me and for a lot of patients, actually, that got it during this time, it has become a lot more difficult because there's just so many other things we have to do before we can continue with our lives. Right, because I had to, I had to, for me to remain on the list, I had to get the vaccine. Um, they didn't tell me I had to get the booster, but I know I definitely have to, I have to get the vaccine. So, um, we definitely have to really, really uh, keep safe and follow the precautions. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we are very, uh, I guess you could say susceptible to anything going on out in that world <laughs> especially now that you do have a new kidney trans- a new kidney you're even more susceptible <clears throat> to say you know 
No, and that's that's where I was heading at too. That um, as I told you earlier, mm-hmm. when I first received um, the transplant after I was discharged, oh my God, you get this energy that is unbelievable. Like I, you couldn't keep me sitting down. <laughs> You had and, to move. You had to go, huh? <laughs> and remember how I told you that when I was in dialysis, my sex drive was like down to the floor. Uh huh. Oh, that changes three sixty. Oh. <laughs> Not to mention that even my doctor noticed that my testicles got bigger. Oh really? Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. It was this search of energy that I can't explain. But, but, sadly, by the end of 2020, Mm -hmm. I end up getting COVID. Oh, okay. And what they do in order to not mess up with your transplant and your medication, they do something which to me is the most horrible thing that they can do to you as a transplant patient. Mm -hmm. And that is giving you a lot of prednisone. Because you see out of all the medication, the one that makes you gain all this weight that I have mentioned, it's a little tiny pill called prednisone. And when you're on COVID and on a transplant, you go from one pill of prednisone to 15. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Because that's that's the only way to prevent rejection. Right. And COVID affected me not only at the fact that they had to give me so much prednisone which is making it so hard for me to lose the weight. Right. But it affected my lungs in which before, like I said, before I had COVID, I could go up and down, run, skip, shit, almost float. Mm. And not get tired. And after COVID, I remember I tried to do my regular exercises I did before COVID. Mm-hmm. I was able to do hour or two of, you name it, treadmill, weights. But after COVID, 15 minutes and I was tired. Oh, wow. And when I asked my doctor, why did this happen? Why did my energy deplete it? And Uh why all of a sudden I am so tired. Right. And sadly, my doctor told me that 85%, and that's a big percent, Uh of transplant patients who got COVID, one out of three had the same side effects that I did, which was lack of energy and heart breathing or getting more exhausted faster mm-hmm. than before. Oh, wow. So, so that, are you still uh, feeling that way now? Yes. 
Oh, okay. So it's like but, a long, long effect of it. Yeah. And I, I've been trying my hardest to increase it. So mm-hmm. luckily now I'm able to do an hour again. Okay. Which is fantastic because again, 15 minutes, <laughs> I would just be, imagine like if we were back in dialysis, that's how exhausted I felt. Oh, wow. Uh-uh. And now I can do an hour until I start feeling it. And then I'm like, okay, let me stop. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's a big improvement compared to 15 minutes. Okay. But that improvement t- took a year. Right. But I mean, hey, you're you're getting back there, you know? Oh, yeah. That's, that's amazing. And know? I'm not going to lie, this this has been, like I put in my bio, the fat I have ever been my whole life. Because even in high school, I was always skinny. Middle school, I was a skeleton. Uh, <laughs> as a young adult, I was like normal, if you want to call it, normal weight. Um, shoot, even when I was in dialysis, you notice how skinny I got. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, like sucked in like a straw, you know, like, you know, right. like. <laughs> so a lot of people that see me that know me for so long, especially family, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you don't look bad, chubby. <laughs> that, tell them don't encourage it. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm like, life. <laughs> But no lie, I do look at myself in the mirror and I like myself. I'm like, oh, I did look cute. <laughs> okay. Look at you. <laughs> you know, and, and there's something that somebody wise said, RuPaul. I don't know if people know who that is. Mm-hmm. But RuPaul they said, better. No. <laughs> he said, how the hell? You're going to love somebody else unless you love yourself. Yep. That's so true. You know, and I really love myself. So (laughs) I know that. (laughs) So, you know, I I love everybody else. (laughs) That's wonderful that, you know, you, you know, you can continue to See yourself as this top-notch thing, you know what I mean? Even after the game, the, the weight game, you know, you because yeah. you, you're even though you know you're still working on it, but you know, you know it's for a reason why you have this. It's not like you're sitting around just not doing anything, you know what I mean? So yeah, uh, shit. I even played with my gut, huh? I even play around with my gut. Like, sometimes uh, I drop faces on it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you having fun with it, huh? Well, you might as well have fun with it. Why not? <laughs> but it sounds like you're doing amazing. Amazing. Got a chance at a new life. Is there anything that, any words of advice and inspiration that you would love to give to people? Well, for those that are still in dialysis, 
I would say the same thing I said last time, which is don't be afraid to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of being white because nobody can get through dialysis on their own. Right. For those that are beginning to start dialysis, same advice, but with the difference that they need to know, and I know it sounds harsh, they're going to be in it for a long run. And to just stay as strong as they can. And that's why you need that support system. Right. For people who are going to get their transplant, congratulations, number one. And number two, if everything goes well and you end up getting it, don't waste it. Mm -hmm. You know, let go of the junk food, let go of anything that's bad for you. Because you literally have been giving a second opportunity to live close as possible to how you were before. Right. And for people who are neither in dialysis, who maybe are barely hearing about this and knowing about this, try to help out by, if you ever have a chance and if you feel it in your heart, see if maybe you can be a a donor. You know, you can still live with one. My mom's still living with one. You know, you recover very quickly. And most importantly, you do what a lot of people tend to forget what the message of being human is, and it's helping one another. Right. Because even though religions, political themes, color, cultures have somehow divided us, the essence of just the meaning of being human, it's that, is to just help each other. Right. And you don't know how wonderful it feels to help somebody else. That's so true. Even if they don't want to donate their, their organ, if they could just go and be in a dialysis unit or go to places, you know, where they could just be in, like an uplifting person to them, it makes all the difference. And for the right. social workers out there, for the social workers out there, who whoever may hear this, please, please just really try to really help out your patients. Don't just say it. Because I get it that you say it because you want to give us hope. But it's so bad at the same time because it will anger us because you have lied to us. I will prefer that you say nothing at all and just work on it. Or if you're going to say it, actually do something. Because 
like I said before, there were multiple social workers before this one. And they all lied to me. Mm-hmm. They were just there for a check. Right. And that's really all I can say. <laughs> well, you said a lot. And thank you for that. That's really great words of advice and inspiration. You are truly an inspiration. I can't wait to get my new chance at life. <laughs> To have that feeling of that burst of energy to actually sit on the toilet and actually pee. <laughs> and it feels like I actually went to the bathroom. <laughs> I can't wait to have that that feeling. Um, it was definitely an honor talking with you again and to hear your update, to hear that you're doing so well um, with your new kidney. Um, shout out to your mom for being that donor. Um, and having the kind heart that she has. Um, and, you know, thank you everyone for um, listening in. And I hope you guys all have a good night. Thank you and bye. Bye. <laughs> By listening to this podcast, You agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you are experiencing.